You're listening to The Mom Inspired Show, episode 204 with Sherilyn Decker. Welcome to The Mom Inspired Show. I'm your host, Amber Sandberg, and this show is created to inspire, encourage, and add a little extra fun to your day. Hey, you guys, I'm super excited to have Sherilyn on the show today. Um, I wanted to do an episode where we were just kind of talking about, um, you know, true feelings and, you know, the challenges that we're going through right now um, with COVID and going back to school and life just being a little bit more challenging than um, it usually is. And um, I don't know. Um, I think this is a time right now that I feel like a lot of people might be kind of keeping things to themselves because they don't want to burden someone or they know that someone else is going through things too. And, you know, people might be keeping things to themselves. They're not in community like they normally are. They're maybe not seeing their friends and family like they're used to. And so I wanted to do a show that um, if you're having a hard time, that I feel like I hope the show can speak to you and let you know that you're not alone. Um, If you know someone who is struggling um, and feels all alone, um, please um, share this episode with them. Um, I I just want to make sure that all the moms know that... um, it's not just them, right? It's not just them feeling like this is so hard and challenging and um, that they might not be feeling good enough. So um, I just want I want them to be able to hear this um, episode today. Um, so I hope you guys leave um, this episode feeling encouraged and just know that you're not alone. Welcome back to my favorite things segment. Um, you guys, the reason why I wanted to do this episode um, is just because I know that a lot of you guys might be feeling burnt out um, and, you know, you might find yourself last on the list because you're just trying to put the family first and do all the things. And it's been so easy to do that when, um, during, you know, COVID and just kind of being quarantined and not doing your normal routine. But I know for me that when I'm not taking care of my health, everything feels so much harder. And I don't mean just losing weight. I mean, working out, eating better for my body, making meals that are more nutritious. Um, But I feel like it's so easy to feel like you don't have time for that. Um, So you may be thinking, Amber, yeah, that sounds great, but I don't live in that world. Um, I'm homeschooling. I'm doing all these things. Like, I don't even have time anymore. Um, But I wanted to remind you guys, I've talked about this a lot, and I just want to remind you because um, some of you have not heard this um, about this program or you've are new to my podcast, but, um, you know, I did a program called lean. Um, it was a seven week online program and it kicked off my weight loss last year. If you guys missed that series, um, last year it's, um, how I lost 50 pounds in 10 months and make sure to go check that out. It's episode 167 and Amanda who created lean, she talks about how it works. She goes in details of why intermittent fasting works, uh, why she likes tracking macros and all that kind of stuff. And she provides amazing recipes and um, even does workout plans so that you don't have to leave the house. Because I know a lot of you don't have the you know luxury to be able to go to the gym and stuff like that. So I also want to remind you too, if you are not even needing to lose weight, but you just feel like you've not been eating well and you just want to get back on track with eating better and having more structure and accountability, this is a perfect fit for you. So I do want to point out that this isn't just about losing weight. This really is just kind of like getting your life back. And you might have slid, you know, with COVID and then summer, and then you find yourself just eating like too many s'mores and um, chips and whatever. Um, And you're kind of feeling like, man, I'm feeling so sluggish. I need to kind of like hone in my eating. This is a great plan for you. Um, And also too, I want to encourage you to do this with friends. If you're feeling like you're kind of are isolated and haven't been hanging out with people, 
drag your friends and do this together. Um, you know, it's a fun thing to do with other people. It is about accountability and, um, there is a referral code and you get $10 off and the referral code is mom. And, um, the next episodes that she has, I'll read them off to you, um, that are coming up is September 21st, October 5th, October 26th, November 9th and November 23rd. I'm going to put this on the show notes. So if you missed it, you can go there and grab it. Um, but all these links um, are always in my show notes. And um, if you if you subscribe to the Mom Inspired Show, you will get this in your inbox every week with every new episode that comes out on Tuesday. So you don't have to go searching for this. So you guys just go to mominspiredshow.com, enter your name and email. That way you get all of my favorite things at your fingertips. You don't have to go searching for it. Um, but again, I highly recommend this program. Grab a handful of your friends, do this together and get back on track and put yourself back on the list. You deserve it. You deserve self-care. And um, I just want you guys feeling good about yourselves and you know taking care of yourselves because like we talk about in this episode, you can't pour from an empty container. So you need to take care of yourself. All right, you guys, let's go to the show. Sherilyn, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Amber, I am so happy to be here. I'm excited to talk to all of the moms out there because, man, are we going through it, aren't we? Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially with the whole school situation. situation. I'm like now adding words. I need to go back to school. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those days today. It's really raining, I think, because of the hurricanes and stuff like that. So it's one of those days that I probably should just be sitting on the couch and not doing an interview. <laughs> so let's just hope that I make it through. Okay. We will do it. We will okay. make it. <laughs> All right. So I like to start off every show with an icebreaker on travel. I am a travel agent. So I just like asking my guests, um, what is your favorite vacation spot and why? And this can be with or without kids. Oh, wow. Now that's an idea right there. How do we do that after all this season of 2020 with our kids at home? Yep. My favorite vacation spot is going to be on the lake. There is just something about the water that connects with my soul in such a way that feeds me. And I find that I really like the lake places that the house actually has a view. Yeah. This past summer, we just were in a place where, I mean, hello, we've all been there. We've needed a vacation. Yeah. And my husband saw it in himself. He saw it in me. And so he booked a little v, uh, VRBO with our besties. And we went to South Carolina and we just were on Lake Hartwell. Beautiful, beautiful, right outside of Clemson and um, just a little couple hours north of um, Atlanta. And so we had this great time in my only complaint is I had no view of the water from the house. I mean, as beautiful as it was, acres and acres of water. And that was the one thing that I think next time when I'm like, okay, here's where we're looking. I want to make sure that mm -hmm. I can see it. Because I mean, I can see it on the boat, but it's oh. completely different when you're yes. skiing and you're holding on for dear life. Right. <laughs> yes, I agree. Now you were saying there's acres and acres of water. Is that what you were saying? Yes. So okay, on Lake Hartwell, it's just a you, huge lake. But you couldn't see it from your house is what you're saying. No, from the house that we rented, we couldn't see it at all. So we would, mm. even though we were lakefront, we were what? lakefront. Yes. <laughs> Wait, uh, right? so how does that work? Like, is exactly. it just that they have so much land and so the house so is many... really set back far? Right. Well, that and the fact that there were so many trees, which from the lake oh. made it look absolutely beautiful and that it felt like you were the only one out there. And there are other lakes where there are so many houses that you're just like, oh, okay, right. I feel I like display. everybody's looking at me. Yes, yes. yes. 
So we actually found the water to be super serene and relaxing, but at the same time, I didn't quite get the, you know, my quiet time in the morning to be in front of this beautiful water where I could really feel like my soul was restored. Um, So yeah, I walked away from that needing another vacay. I understand that. So I'll tell you a story. I, we take our girls to the panhandle um, uh, almost every year because we live in Tennessee and so we can get to the Gulf of Mexico in under seven hours. So the thing that I've learned is there are really beautiful towns like Seaside and all that kind of stuff that um, they're super cute and the houses are gorgeous and all this stuff, but you're not on the water. You're not on the beach. Um, so you give that up in order to be like in a house and all that kind of stuff. But for me, being in a house or being in a condo away from the beach and I can't see it, it's it's like my brain's kind of like, I don't even know I'm there. So to me, it's like, I might as well be in Nashville. You know what I mean? So I'm like, yeah. I realize that I really, really love having a balcony that's on the water that I can see and it makes such a difference. So when you're saying that, when you're describing that, I know exactly what you're talking about. And some people don't care, right? So you have to kind of know that about yourself, like if that's one of your top priorities. And it is for me. So I may not get as cute of a place because you're paying for the location versus the aesthetic of the house. Right. And if we think about, you know, if we look at it through our mom lens mm-hmm. and we're now having to cross the street oh, with a wagon full yes. of stuff, oh, I'm yeah. like, this is not vacation. No. no. This is home. Yeah, this you is need me a taking all the junk. Exactly. All <laughs> yes. the junk from the house to the car to the parking lot to yeah. the, you know, dragging it yep. to putting up the stuff yeah. when I could just be like, hey, there it is. I'll mm-hmm. sit on the deck and watch you. Don't drown. <laughs> exactly. Right. So I feel the same way. And that was that was one of the reasons we started going and being more on the beach is because of the kids stuff. And even now they're six and nine. We still now we have boogie boards. So it's different kind of stuff. Uh, but we're still dragging all of these things. And I'm like, I don't want to pack up the car and then drive or then, you know, schlep it across a big road. I just want to be able to get there and just unload. And so I totally agree. And um, I've not stayed on a lake, but that is the next thing that I would love to do. Um, So I've never even heard of Lake Hartwell. So would you recommend it besides the fact that you didn't have a house that was boom right on the lake? Or do you have another lake that you highly recommend? Mm. Out of the couple that I've been to, I've been to quite a few. Probably my favorite one is Smith Mountain Lake in Virginia. That I went to Virginia Tech for college. And so it was just maybe an hour north. And then when my husband and I first started testing out whether we were even going to like a lake vacation, we got a little condo there. And we loved it. We could see it. We you know, mm-hmm. had a hot tub. That was lovely. Nice. And you know, all of those things. And so I think that kind of set the bar really high. Yeah. Although Hartwell was beautiful. I mean, just so much water. We were there in a very, you know, over a week. And I swear we rarely saw any other boats. We're like, are we here by ourselves? But there was just so much water right. that There's it was easy to get space. to be in an inlet and mm-hmm. never come out and never see anybody. Wow. Yeah, that is really cool. Yeah, that is good so, to know. Okay. I do so, recommend it if that's what you're looking for. Yeah. Well, I'm glad we figured that out. And, you know, here's the thing. A lot of more people are doing more road trips and doing those kind of things. So that's why I wanted to kind of go into that a little bit more versus, you know, I, I'll have people come on and they'll talk about international travel as much as I love that. And I love sending people um, overseas and stuff like that. But right now, you know, we're kind of all staying closer to home. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. But how about we jump into the interview and you share a little bit more about yourself, um, your name, where you live, and how many kids you have and their ages? Yeah. 
My name is Sherilyn Decker, and it's spelled C-H-E-R, so it sounds like share. Like, will you share, you know, that blueberry muffin with mm-hmm. me because it looks so yummy. Um, and I live just north of Denver, Colorado. We've lived here for about the past four years, but I am from the East Coast. Mm. So I grew up right outside um, in the Northern Virginia area of Washington, D.C. So I live uh, lived there my whole life. And then in the past five, four years, my, we've moved out here to Denver for my husband's job. I have two... I have two children. They're both middle schoolers. So my oldest one just turned 13 and we celebrated that milestone birthday in just a way to honor and celebrate her, even though like half the things Mm. I wanted to do were canceled because everything was closed. So, I mean, I really wanted to take her to get her makeup done, right? And nobody's doing that because who's touching faces? Like, I'm like, really? So I was Mm. sad. And then there was a beautiful little place I wanted to go take her to brunch and that didn't work either. So my mom and my sister flew in town and we just had this beautiful celebration with her and just kind of took life easy. My youngest is will be 11 in September. And so depending on when, when this airs, she's either still 10 or, you know, she's claiming she's 11 even now Aww. or she'll have already had her birthday. <laughs> and they are, um, I tell you what, mamas, we made a very hard decision about school and they, we chose, we just moved into a new, um, a new neighborhood, new house um, on the north side of Denver. We were on the south side. And so they're in a completely new school. And mm. the biggest decision that was so hard for us all was what are we going to do with school? And they need communities so mm-hmm. badly. Yeah. And so my kids and I and my husband, we all agreed that they needed to go back in person if that was an option. Yeah. And so that's what they're doing. They're going back in person two days and then the rest of the time is at home. And we are trying to, you know, juggle what all of that looks like as working mo- as a working mom. Yeah. Um, so that's my kids. Just a little bit about me. And we were joking about this earlier is I'm a tea drinker and not a coffee drinker. So yep. I hope you find a special place in your heart for me. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of tea drinkers out there too. <laughs> um, I was going to ask you, how do you like living in um, Colorado? There is no humidity here. That's what I'm talking so I- about. <laughs> <laughs> so that is beautiful. However, you know, we're landlocked, so there's no real good seafood either. Oh, true. Uh, so I do miss that about, you know, gosh, a good Maryland crab cake would just be so yummy right about now. But yeah, right. So yeah. Adapt yeah. and overcome. Yeah. Yeah. The, <laughs> I do um, like that. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, mm-hmm. About Denver. And I love that it's, um, it can be 60, 65, almost 70 degrees in the middle of winter. And that's yeah, just it's so interesting. Yeah. Um, I really want to take um, my girls to Colorado in one of one of the summers to get away from here, you know, because it's so hot and humid. So um, that's on my list to go to at one point. Um, I've been to Colorado Springs a couple times when I was younger, um, so I haven't been back. So that's why I thought I'd ask you. But well, when you do, some of the mountains ski resorts have summer activities. Mm. One of our favorite things to do is an alpine slide. So if you think about it, you're like riding in this teeny little plastic cart. It's kind of like a matchbox car, except for it's human size, but it's still very small. So it's a similar, it's like you're sitting in a sheet pan. Oh, and it's got wheels on it. Mm -hmm. Right? Yes. (laughs) And it's got a joystick and it's on this, in this concrete, um, (laughs) Uh, like half ditch. Yeah, I and know so what you're it's saying. It's going uh-huh. down the mountain and That's you can pretty much scary. control your own speed. Oh, and we okay. Those. So you take the ski lift up to the top uh, wow. and then you get your little cart and you cart down. And they are so fun. We love that. Every summer we try to get up there. That does sound um, cool. Once you get past the scary part. The, yeah. Yes. And, you know, you can fall off and, uh, you know, 
get okay. some pretty bad, you know, road rash. But you know, uh, <laughs> just, you're like, but it's great. <laughs> Um, uh, as you can see, I can talk to you about travel like the whole time. So I always have to cut myself off. Um, how about you just share with us a little bit of how you got to where you are today, um, work-wise. So then, um, it will make sense to what we're going to jump into with the interview. Yeah. So my career started in corporate America and I was there for probably, I don't know, 12, 15 years. And I had gotten to the place where I was at the top that I could climb on this ladder. I had a, you know, I wasn't happy with the title I had, even though I was in a lower executive position. And so I left that job in a place of just dissatisfaction. And frankly, there was a whole lot of pride going on in my life too. And I ended up going to work for a startup. And while that's risky in and of itself, I needed the change. I thought I was taking, you know, more work-life balance for my family and deciding to work from home. What was not disclosed to me was the amount of travel I would be under. Mm. Now, I like to travel for vacation. Traveling right. for work that much yeah. was horrible. And so they would be like, oh, you need to be on site with the client for a full week. And I'm like, what? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a working mom. You said this was an, you know, this was an at-home job. What all of a sudden I need to be in Cleveland all the time? Like what the deal? And if yeah. you live in Cleveland, I love you. I still it's like you Cleveland. Did, it's not your home. It's just not <laughs> where my your home. kids it's are. Not where my kids live. <laughs> right. Right. And so here it is, school picture day, and I'm like trying to travel, and I'm like, this is not going to work. <laughs> so how do you explain to your client? It's school picture day. I am going to make sure their hair looks good because this is the one day I control what they wear and how their <laughs> hair looks. <laughs> Yeah, that is so funny and true. Yeah, it is. And so, you know, I was there. I was there for about nine months when my phone rang and they told me my position was eliminated. And in that one phone call, Amber, we lost 60% of our income. Wow. Mm -hmm. And that was a day I was working from home. Mm. Actually, actually working from home. And I collapsed in my office chair and heavy mascara streaked down my face as my face was just washed over with tears because I didn't know how we were going to get through it. Mm. I didn't know if things were going to be okay. I didn't know what I didn't know. There was just so much about that moment that completely paralyzed me from moving forward that completely froze me in fear and all of those endless questions just swirled and swirled and swirled in my thoughts and completely consumed me. And then about five years later, things were different. And I'm no longer that woman. And I have an unshakable faith. I have a confidence and a peace that is so starkly different than what happened in that one phone call on a very cold day in February. Mm. And it was that catalytic moment that set my life on a completely new path. When I realized that climbing the corporate ladder and trying to figure out how to be a traveling consultant was not the life that I wanted. It was not the mom or wife I wanted to be. And things had to change. And they did. And everything changed. Where I lived, where I worked, who I hung out with what I believed about myself, what I believed about God, and most importantly, how I prayed, it all changed. That is pretty awesome. What do you think? Um, so it's, it's so five, was this five years ago? 
this has been, let's see, this was in 2014. So it's oh, been okay. six years. Six yeah. years. Okay. Um, so you are a what now? What do you do for a living? Yeah. So in that moment, I began to hear things like life coach. I'm like, mm-hmm. what is that? And so I called one and they were like, yeah. oh, you don't need a life coach because you don't know what you're doing. And so mm-hmm. I was like, okay, so you put that on the shelf. And right. and then I hired a spiritual director to get me through that season. And that's mm-hmm. someone who helps you just dig deep in your spiritual walk with God mm-hmm. and, and, and just take it to a next level. Because there's just some things we're just not taught or there's right. spiritual practices that we've never tried to get us close to God. And I really needed to hear from God in that season. And so walking through that and then seeing what those two things were, I realized that's what I'm good at because as part of this of this idea of rebuilding my identity, because there was so much of myself built up into what I did for a living yeah. that when we sat down with both the coach that I hired and the spiritual director and we were like, okay, what is it? That person was the same. She did both. <laughs> and she's like, what do you do best? And you know, what's in your hand? What can you do that you're good at? And I realized that in the 15 years of working in corporate America and that I was really good at building people personally, professionally. And then I had this desire to help people grow spiritually because of what I walked through and Mm. realized it was so much of what transformation that God had done in my life that was directly related to inner work root work, you know, uprooting things that didn't belong there, things that I believed about myself, things I believed about God. Once I replaced those things with the truth, then I could become something who he, you know, the purpose and plan that he had for me. And from right now, what that looks like is I am a coach and I am a spiritual director. And that's what I help do. I help women take these struggles of life, the trials, the transitions, the things that didn't go according to plan, quote unquote, because I'm a high D type A, Mm -hmm. very independent girl. And when things don't go from A to B, I kind of get frustrated. And so when we take those things and then realize we can tap into them and find lessons in them that give us keys to our next step, that unlock doors to our next, you know, our our Mm -hmm. next chapter that help us get there. Oh, man, I love that. Yeah. Well, that leads me into my first question um, for um, the moms out there. You know, what would your advice be um, for those of us that are barely keeping it together and just feel close to burnout? The best piece of advice, a place to start is to figure out how to get rest because we cannot pour from an empty cup. And mm. often in this whole entire season, and I've just done it, I just, you know, I've, I've just had to remind myself of, you know, practicing what I preach really, of this whole COVID thing, right? That's all of the weight of most of this is on us mamas. And I couldn't help my kids. I couldn't be there with my kids. And I couldn't also be there for my clients when I was empty, when I was burning the candle at both ends because I lived that life once. I lived a life in corporate America where I was going to and from the office, dropping my kids off at daycare, having them, you know, and living a life and doing a thing that I was being drained from. And when I can finally tap into rest and finally see, okay, what does it look like to rest? Because rest does not equal laziness. Rest is intentional about the things that you do. 
and making sure you're doing the right things and then taking time to make sure that you are refilling your cup. And that looks different for all of us. And for me, that's my quiet time with God. That's getting in to the word of God and letting him tell me what he thinks about me. Yeah. And I think that's good. There. Yeah. 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 I think that's great. Cause I do think a lot of people might even feel guilty. Like you're saying, they may equate that to laziness and they're like, Oh, I don't have time for this. And you know, this is selfish of me to do that, but I'm glad that you brought that up. Yeah. Self-care is not selfish. Right. Self-care is not just going to get a mani-pedi, which I love those. Right. Self-care yeah. is not just when have I last showered? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Self-care is making sure your mind is in a place, your heart is in a place that can pour out and serve other people. Because when we're frazzled, and when, then we end up saying things that we regret. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. We have no energy. We end up, you know, being short tempered. And I've been that woman. And the reflection in the mirror when I look at her is just not pretty. I think that's a good point to bring up, you know, for moms to be thinking, you know, about those things and, you know, questioning, are they doing what they need to do to take care of themselves? And you're right. You can't pour... Um, from an empty container. And so um, the next question that I have for you, and this really ties into this, especially with um, if people are homeschooling that are not used to homeschooling, you know, and they don't have that all down. Um, it's just that many moms just might be questioning, you know, are they good enough? Um, you know, what if they mess up? And so um even if they're not homeschooling, I, there's a lot of that going on because COVID is just bringing up a lot of stuff. Um, but what is your tips on helping moms to process, you know, these types of thoughts? I want you to look in the mirror and I want you to tell yourself you made the right decision for your family. If that decision is different than your neighbor, if that decision is different than what someone else said you should have done, it doesn't matter. You made the right decision for your family. It is okay. You have what you need. I love how the Bible tells us that we are equipped for everything that we're going to do. Does that mean we are do it perfect every time? Oh, no. I am a, <laughs> I am a recovering perfectionist. And I can tell you that I learn way more and I learn faster from failure. Mm. That's been a big part of my story. There, give yourself permission. Give yourself grace to screw it up and still be able to look at yourself and say, you're doing the best that you can. And what we find out about the trials that we walk through is they strengthen us. We may not know what, what we're planting right now this, this year in 2020, but we'll, there'll be a time in the future. We'll look back and be like, mm -hmm. you know what? I developed those skills in 2020 during the middle of that mm -hmm. homeschooling during the middle yeah. of that you know, sending my kids to school with masks and, you know, overcoming that fear. There'll be things that we are, that we are doing right now that will show up later as an area of, of, of just strength that will be like, ah, then it'll make sense. But right now, look at yourself and say, you're doing just fine, mama. I like that. And I do feel like a lot of people are going to be, you know, feeling like, uh, they're letting their kids down. And so I like that you talk about, you know, that it takes failing, but you just got to keep getting back up. I think sometimes people just think, oh, I can't fail. Well, no, you are going to fail, but it's a matter of what you do 
with that, you know, to keep going forward. So um, I'm glad that you pointed that out because I think everybody is so afraid to do the wrong thing, you know, so then it just keeps them from doing what they need to do. Mm-hmm. And we need to celebrate the wins. And yeah. sometimes those failures, I had a friend post on Facebook last week and she was like, you know, she was sharing that her children told her, told her she was the worst teacher they've ever had. Now this is her first time homeschooling. <laughs> and so she's like in this place. And I wrote back in all capital letters, winning, like you are winning. <laughs> You have passed the test of, you know, being the worst teacher ever. What's the worst <laughs> that could happen? It's now done. Like yeah. it's over. You can yeah. move over. You can only you go can up now. On and up from here. <laughs> and it was just such a, you know, a funny way of being like, yes, pat yourself on the back. You got the badge. It's okay. They were angry and frustrated and they said something I'm certain they didn't mean, or maybe they did, but it doesn't matter because you're doing the best you can and you, you finished. <laughs> yeah. Or I you like realized that. you needed a break and you took yeah. the day off. And that can say too. Exactly. That's so funny. Um, so here's another one that's, a, you know, I think a little bit more challenging uh, for people. And um, we were talking about this before the recording um, with COVID. Um, and, you know, everyone is struggling to some point. And so um, I do think it's easy to hide what is really going on and keeping your feelings from others because, One, I don't think that people want to burden others since we are all going through this together. It's like to some level, right? Some level, our life is not the the norm of what it used to be. So it may not be as hard as someone else's or someone's life might be harder. So I think that makes it even more easy to kind of keep everything in um, and then take on, you know, dealing with your own stuff. Um, So how do we navigate this without feeling like we're just dumping all our problems onto others? Um, but also taking care of ourselves and being honest with how we are truly feeling. That's a complex question. So let me break it down into a few things. Yeah. The first thing I want to say is that your feelings are data. Think of it this way. Your feelings are like waves. They come in and they come out. You get to choose which one you're going to surf. And so there are feelings that are going to bubble up. Fear anxiety, worry, uh, insecurity, and that thing, those feelings tell you something. There's also feelings that kind of come up that are, you know, and I don't want to say that there's positive or negative feelings because these feelings are often telling us what's going on inside. And if we don't have community right now, which most of us don't because our churches are closed or, you know, we Parents can't go anywhere. We can't really gather in groups. And, you know, there's just a a lot of limitation right now. So it's, we're stuck with Zoom and, you know, the ability to have FaceTime calls if you're Apple people or um, Google Hangouts. And we have the ability to, you know, connect over video. But even over video, your friends can pick up on your body language and they can know that you're not okay. You can see it on somebody when they carry a heaviness. And so we have this opportunity to meet with people and share with them what's going on. And if we see our feelings as data, if we see our feelings as information, then it's, it's not a label that is a negative or positive thing. We can say, okay, this is how I'm feeling right now about this. And let me give you an example. I was, um, cause when you can p- compare your feelings to your normal then you can really have a barometer of saying, okay, something's off. 
And my example would be when we very when this whole thing for, hit from the very beginning. Uh, I live in Colorado, so we didn't have a mask mandate immediately, but there were certain stores that were requiring it. One of them was Costco. And I was in Costco and I had this hot pink bandana around my mask, you know, around my face as my mask. So I didn't have hadn't purchased any yet or any of that. It was still brand new. This is when we were all hunting for toilet mm-hmm. paper. Remember those right. days? Yeah. And so I have this hot pink bandana on my face and it keeps sliding off and I'm getting frustrated and it's just driving me nuts. And then in the middle of all of that, I'm, you know, I'm just having this conversation. I'm like, this is not my normal. I don't typically walk around completely frustrated. And I realized what I was picking up on was the frustration of everybody else, the anxiety of everybody else of will there be enough Mm. of whatever it is they were shopping for yeah. in Costco, right? right? The place, the land of bulk. <laughs> the abundance. And we're worried about will there be enough. <laughs> and, and so then I could change my perspective and realize, okay, these people need peace. And so just inside of myself, I just began to just, as I would pass people, you know, who I thought were in this place of frustration and worry and fear. I said, because you can see it on people. I was seeing them with this. Then I just began to just quietly pray for them that they would really, that I would, they would just have peace, that they would know the peace of God, that they would not fear this virus, that they would just have complete peace in their beings. Because that makes a difference when you walk around with peace, just like we can see women who walk around with confidence and we know what it's like to walk around without confidence. And we're like, ah, there's something about her. There's something about that woman over there that is is contagious. Something she has is contagious. Whatever that is, whatever those feelings, whatever that those attributes she represents. If we can recognize that those feelings are showing us what our normal is, is that's against our normal, then we can tap into the power of what our feelings are trying to tell us. I like that. I was just thinking about that because I do think that we're so rushed, you know, um, in today's society. So I don't even think we slow down enough, you know, um, kind of like what you were saying is why were you feeling so frustrated? Right? Like, I think most people would just be like, okay, I gotta go. I gotta get in. I gotta get out. And, and you're not even taking the time. So I think that's really important, um, to kind of ask those questions to yourself. Yeah. And we don't get there immediately. If we think that, right. oh my gosh, how am I going to recognize somebody else's feeling? The first place to start is recognize that those feelings that are then spinning, that feelings plus thoughts, when those two put together, they begin to create a behavior in us. And so if we think that, okay, the feeling is showing up and then it's causing thoughts to spiral and it, there's no, it's no surprise to, to you, Amber, that thoughts sometimes lie to us. We stand on the scale, it shows us a number and it lies about our value. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, and it's, it, it doesn't matter what the number is. It's either too high or too low or it doesn't matter. So that's those thoughts that enter into our mind. We have to begin to recognize, is that my voice or is mm. that, you know, is that a lie? Right. Because when we recognize that the thought is a lie, then I'm not letting the feeling of insecurity that's rising up in me attached to the thought, which then creates a behavior in me to respond in a negative way to what's coming up. Yeah. So if we can capture that thought, that lie and replace it with truth. Then I can then almost like, you know, tell my feelings, well, that's not true. And they have less power. 
I was thinking about at the beginning, you were saying this is a complex question. So I do want to make sure that we address this part. So if people do feel like they're hiding their feelings and stuff like that, and just kind of making it seem like I'm okay, I'm okay. And they're really not. What would you encourage them to do? Um, especially during this time frame, you know, when everybody's dealing with stuff. So it's kind of like, hey, let me dump my stuff on you. I know you got your stuff too, but like, cause that is what people think, you know, not everyone, but it, that is what a lot of people would think like, well, you got all your stuff and you're doing all that. And I just don't want to dump this on you. So what's your thoughts? What we know about feelings are the more we stuff them, mm-hmm. the more they become a volcano. Mm-hmm. And at some point they're going to come out. And the sooner you can deal with the rumblings, the less lava that gets spewed over everybody. And while you're thinking it's selfish to talk to somebody else, I would encourage you that it is a gift to bear one another's burdens. It is a gift to hold up each other's arms in times of difficulty. We get to come alongside you. We get to love you. It is our honor you would do the same for me. And there are sometimes there are some phone calls that we have. And we call our, you know, our girlfriends and they need us. And we didn't know it. Mm. We were just calling to say hi. Right. And yet they needed, they needed that touch point. And so to think that we would not, that they would not love us enough to receive our stuff. Man, you're worthy of it. You are. Your friends love you. Your family loves you. Your God loves you. And if you can't reach out to somebody because you're afraid of whatever, then you know what? The one person that is listening is God. And he knows your heart. He knows your needs before you even say them. So you can find a corner of the back of your closet. (laughs) Yeah. And a box of Kleenexes. (laughs) And, you know, climb in the corner and cry. And that's okay. And sometimes... You know, being honest with myself is standing in the shower when I actually do have a moment of peace and I know no one is actually going to barge in. Right. Yeah. So be honest with yourself and reach out to somebody. They want to help you. I like that. And that's a good reminder. Um, So, Sherilyn, we're at the end of the show and I wanted to ask you what your suggestion um, is for moms that are just really feeling paralyzed Um, and they just feel like they can't do it anymore. Like this is just, you know, too much has been dumped on their plate. They're just kind of like, I've had enough. This has been long enough. I'm done. (laughs) I want to run away. Um, or they're just giving up, you know? So what is your thoughts on that? I want you to know what the word of God says about you. And the way to find that is I have in this, I was there, I was in that season, in that place. And when I was there, I sat down and I journaled about it. And they and in that journaling season, I had prayers that came out of that. And I turned them into five declarations. And these aren't short little declarations that you can put on a post-it note and stick on your mirror. These are, you know, powerful prayers that helped me cry out to God and tr- use his word as a foundation that I could just lean against because when I wasn't strong enough. And I'd be glad to give those to you. That way you don't have to do the work. And I'll even go one step further. They're on printed out and they're on video. So if mm. you don't have the time to, pre- to say it over yourself, mm. let me say it over you. And I will pray over you. And there's five areas that there's a declaration for each one. And so it's um, family, finances, work, health, 
and then your future. And so, and then there's, there's plenty of more available on my website, but those are the ones you know, that I have, um, and I can give you for free and you can get those on my website forward slash mom inspired. And I would love to give you that as a place to start. Let's hit that easy button and grab declarations and just begin to speak them over yourself. Yeah, that would be awesome. And I'll put that in the show notes so that people don't have to go searching for it. So I appreciate that. Well, Sherilyn, it's been so great having you on the show. And um, I know that this is going into the ears of the moms that desperately needed to hear this. And so I am so grateful for you to come on and share your wisdom and your thoughts on all this. And um, it's just been a pleasure talking to you. Mm, Thank you so much. I know these women can be the warriors that God created them to be. This is just our proving ground. Hey, you guys, have you subscribed to the Mom Inspired Show email list yet? If you want to have discounts sent to your email and links to the books we discuss on the show, as well as all the guests' information, then you will want to subscribe. That way, every episode will show up in your inbox every Tuesday, and you won't have to go searching for the newest episode. It will be right at your fingertips. So just go to mominspiredshow.com and scroll down and enter your name and email, and you will be all set. See you next week.